The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Tonight's episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memory of Don Kernodal. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Well, our beloved show has hit the big 3 0 today. Woo-hoo! Number 30. <laughs> Already? Oh, Already? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they, they grow up so fast. They grow no, up so no. fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like I, you know, I have friends, your, your guys' age that are having their first kids now and they're, they're, they're going on Facebook and, oh, my kid's a handful and all that. It's like, or, oh, my kid is so cute. And all that. It's like, oh, yeah, they're really cute now. Wait till they're 15. They're telling yeah. them to fuck off and flipping the bird and all that. And then it's, I get all the backlash. Like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> you just hit him with a stutter. <laughs> That's right. Hold this, Tim, Timmy, hold this beer for a second. Why? Class them in the stutter. Wait, wait until Uncle Snowy introduces your kid to pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I forget who said it. Yeah, I forget who said this line, but it's like you spend so much time, you spend your entire kid's childhood teaching them to stand up and speak, and then you te- you spend their teen years telling them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. When um, And this is from coming from the perspective of a father, although I never went through this because my 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 offspring was a girl who never really got into sports very much, but... The heart kind of goes out to all those sports dads out there who gets up five in the morning to to take your son to whatever sports practice, you know, and you put him through school and all that. And he makes it to the big leagues. First time he's on camera. And what does he say? Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) So for all you, all you um, uh, soon to be pro wrestlers that are just starting starting out, and you're giving us a listen and all that. Here, this is what I want you to do for your cool Uncle Snowy. When the first time you're on TV, I want you to say hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try to remember. That's it. That's it. So, how how are you guys doing? Everyone is still alive and in one piece, and yep. <laughs> So 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 far so good. No one is no one is killed over or anything like that. No, no. That's excellent, excellent. Uh, um, uh, we have got quite the show coming up. Just just everything that we're just going over before we hit record, and it's like, holy jeez, wow! <laughs> it's going to be a packed episode. One that I really wasn't expecting to be this packed but i have to admit and that this is all my fault i kind of forgot until yesterday morning as we speak that double or nothing was later that night yesterday okay holy shit that's right (laughs) okay what pleasant surprise 
just and crept I'll- up on all of us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It did. It did. So we got some double or nothing to talk about. Um, some what else we got going on? There was some. There were more people being let go at the Fed and yeah. all that. And- A little less known people, but we're. And yeah, then, well, and then, yeah, and then Tom Phillips, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> right, right. And a kind of an interesting turnbuckle talk as well, which normally, like, I'm kind of a big mouth and a motor mouth and all and all that. But with tonight's turnbuckle talk, I don't know. I'm going to have to let turn the reins over to you guys for the most part and just let me uh, do a little color because I have to admit, like, this day and age, the the theme songs really aren't blowing any smoke up my skirt these days so oh no these days the theme songs are a little less than desirable very generic but we'll we'll get a little more into that we'll get into all that yeah yeah but before we do that we do have to give our condolences out once again this is always the worst part about doing a program like ours when we have to acknowledge you know those those warriors that that kind of left us particularly way too early but recently we lost one don kernodal mm-hmm. now up here um don kernodal never really had much success in the wwf and he never made his way up to the awa so that that name might not mean very much but don kernodal he had his heyday in the early 80s in the nwa mid-atlantic territory teaming with sergeant slaughter where he won the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team titles with him, and eventually, as the um, as the Mid-Atlantic would morph into World World Championship Wrestling, still part of the NWA, he was also a tag team partner with... Uh, he won the NWA World titles with, with Sergeant Slaughter, eventually losing in that famous steel cage match to Ricky Steamboat and Jay, Jay, Jay Youngblood. Okay. And all that, so... Yeah, he uh, this he was over big time, you know, in the territory for a short amount of time. Okay, it's not like Jerry Lawler was who was you know the king of Memphis for decades. Mm-hmm. Colonel was the king of mid of Mid Atlantic, or definitely one of them for a short amount of time. And it's just one of one of one of those wrestlers that's that's too bad that didn't get the opportunity you know to spread his wings a little more once once uh and you know there's been you know dubbed like world championship wrestling booking at the time there's been accusations that kind of held him down and all that but it's just it's it's wrestling shit happens and sometimes it's it's not always fair and mm-hmm. it's uh it's probably a guy that if he did break out into more territories or on a more national scale. He probably would have been over huge. So mm-hmm. we, give, we give our condolences to, to the Kernodal family. Unfortunately, it looked like he had taken, he had taken, it was self-inflicted. He apparently had um, gone and seen his doctor. He was having some prior health issues. He went and saw his doctor. And shortly after that visit, he had taken his own life, apparently, and all that. So I guess we're thinking he heard some bad news. And uh, yeah, I guess yeah. rather than suffering through whatever he was going about to go through, he would just cut it yeah. short. 
Right, right, right. And, well, so it is what it is, and that's too bad. And Wrestling Night in Canada extends our condolences to their Kernodal family. But we do have a lot to talk about, a lot of positive stuff as well. And when I say positive, I'm talking double or nothing. The, yep. The, uh, the AEW pay-per-view, like, I, I, as a whole, I enjoyed AEW as, you know, but I can be very critical of it, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not afraid. From of, the last I'm, I'm, one, I'm, yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be very critical. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot on this show to criticize, I have to say. Yeah, out of all the matches there, like, it was a pretty solid card, uh, including the pre-show match. There was 10 matches in total. And I think only one of them was really like not all that great. I think we, I think our listeners already know which one we're going to say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's your guys' opinion of? Okay, it was a full house, nary yep. a mask to be found, and all that. Uh, like, what are, what were you guys thinking as you're watching this? Uh like part of me initially, I was like. Uh, I thought I was going to be anxious watching it, but then, like, as the show went on, I kind of just wished I was there with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because the adrenaline gets pumping and you get into it, but, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't really know what Florida's COVID cases are like right now, but I imagine they can't be too horrible. I'm not sure, but... If anything, Florida just said COVID. What's COVID? What's Yeah, yeah. I think, I That's think also they just... Yeah, I think, uh, like, I've known, like, for the last year, like, Florida's been uh, quite quite, quite the hotbed for for COVID, and I think they're, like, sticking their head in the sands about it right right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have heard reports that Texas uh, did away with the mask mandates and opened back up, and their numbers are pretty low. Same with South Dakota. So, well, who knows? I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm just repeating what I read, so... Right, right, right. Um, I did notice it was a pretty enthusiastic crowd. Oh, well, understandably so. They've been <laughs> up for how long? Yeah, so, I mean, to, to, to the point where, like, okay, the chant, this is awesome, mm-hmm. okay, it really only works when you see something that is truly awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you're chanting, this is awesome in the second match, okay, you're kind of, I'm kind of like, uh, I think you guys are looking to hijack the show, or you think you're, it's just the the enthusiasm for the event, you know, live wrestling, or I shouldn't say live wrestling, but, you know, the, the crowd is back to see live wrestling in the building, and I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that... Everyone got a little carried away with that in terms of all the chanting and you know and all that, which I I have a hard I can't really criticize that you know you're you're excited you're happy to be there mm-hmm. I know I know we've been so long since we went to a show okay? yeah like, well, and when when we say show we mean music the first yeah. show that we're back to. Like, we're going to go ballistic. We're going to go crazy, you know. I'm uh, coming out of Moss retirement. <laughs> there, there, there you go. I'm so. hoping to see a lot of people at the first Park Theater show that, that happens. Like, I'm Fucking hoping for yeah. a oh, so what's, what's the new capacity at the park? It's, like, over 700 now? With uh, the renovation? Just, just under six. Oh. Okay, and what was it, 400 before? 
Yeah, just about Around. four. Okay. Well, yeah. Now there's room for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. Better, better see all there your ass. No excuses. There better be no excuses. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, um, okay, Matt, I'm going to kind of turn this over to you, and uh, you can give us the four one one and all all of these great matches. Okay. Well, starting off on the pre-show, we had a, uh, a match for the NWA Women's Championship, which I'm not sure why this was on the pre-show, but what I guess it's not the company's title, and they already have a women's title match on the main show, but, you know, mm-hmm. title matches on pre-shows never go over well with me. <laughs> but no, me neither. Than that, but, but nevertheless, that didn't keep it from being a solid opening bout. It was uh, Riho was challenging uh, Serena D before the NWA Women's Championship. And, uh, yeah, it was really solid back-and-forth action. Uh, Deeb actually uh, denied a show of respect early on from Riho, uh, and Riho tried to make her pay for it. Uh, Deeb, though, delivered a dragon screw leg whip and proceeded to target the left knee of her opponent. Uh, she torqued it in, uh, into an inverted gory special, but the resilient Riho answered with a double stomp uh, from the top rope. Uh, unable to follow up due to the in- uh, impact of her injury, uh, Rio uh, continued to fight. Uh, she stunned Serena on the middle rope and tried for another double stomp, but missed. Uh, Deeb took advantage of the injury and uh, executed a picture-perfect swinging netbreaker for a two-count, much to her chagrin. Deeb lured Rio into the corner and delivered a rare double-leg screw followed by a powerbomb, but still couldn't score the win. Rio flattened the champion with a double, uh, or sorry, with a dragon suplex and uh, successfully executed a double stomp onto the shoulders. Uh, she followed that uh, with an attempted Samato, but countered with a single leg Boston Crab. Uh, after a flurry of moves, the champ countered a crucifix bomb into, uh, and before she locked in the serenity lock, she had slammed Rio's knee repeatedly into the mat. Oh, that looked brutal. Yeah, locked in her submission. And got the win via tap out. So yeah, again, so yeah, when, like like you said, that looked brutal when she was like slamming her knee into the mat repeatedly. I thought mm-hmm. Rio tap out from that, but but yeah, she locked in the serenity lock got the win. And uh, I guess Serena Deeb is uh, playing more of a heel character now than she has been in the past. At least it mm-hmm. seemed that way in this match. Right, right. And I knew. I knew she wasn't going to be dropping the title to to Riho because look at this is what happens when you start cross promoting and all that. Okay, like she's she's in the NWA and while well, she has to defend, you know, the NWA has their events, their their power, and you know, like they have their stuff coming up. So they're not gonna be the title isn't gonna be switching. No and 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 anytime soon and all that, at least until what the NWA plans are done with 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 her, so it's it's kind of predictable. But uh, like you said, it was a fantastic match. It was a great way yeah. to start. It it, it had show. it had my blood pumping like right from the get go. Yep, I just love that though. As soon as the match started, you're just like NWA won its title on the pre-show already, <laughs> and I'm already pissed. Yeah, <laughs> but that still kind of, that started to dissolve once the match kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, really solid showing from both ladies for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I just want to see more of Serena Deeb on AEW television because, like, every time she's on, like, Dynamite or Dark or on a pay per view pre show, she always puts on just a solid perform, like, one of the best performances of the night. Mm-hmm. I find 
she's almost like she's being compared now by the internet wrestling community. She's being called like female Bret Hart because of the way she makes her and her opponents look good in in the showings. So that's quite the compliment. Yeah, it is. It is enough. (laughs) It's saying a lot. It's like Bret Hart. Well, that you're that's that that's an entire other tier above legend, in my opinion. So. <laughs> right on, right on. But anyway, uh, moving on to the main show proper, we saw Brian Cage taking on Adam Page. There's a lot of cages and pages on this card. So <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I, I had to explain that to, to Mrs. Snowy. I said, "Yeah, there's like two pages." And there's like two cages on this, and it's like it's just 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 get back to me when you need clarification. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, none of which are related, by the way. It's, yeah, that's another thing. If there if there were if they were siblings, even either shoot shoot or legit, mm-hmm. you know, just, shoot 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 or work, okay. If, if they were siblings, I I could handle that. Yeah, but. Yeah, this just kind of makes it a little bit confusing. <laughs> and I was joking with uh, was joking with Dustin while we were watching the show. I said like, so now we're gonna get like uh, Adam Page and Christian Cage versus Brian Cage and Ethan Page in a steel cage for the time Dallas Page the referee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't put it out there. No, it'll it'll happen. <laughs> or maybe as a parody. Hopefully, only as a parody, as a joke. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, this match. Uh, Brian Cage came out dressed uh, in the Terminator uh, getup, kind of like what Triple H did at WrestleMania 32 or oh, 31. Yeah, you were just like Triple H wants his WrestleMania 32 attire back. Yeah, and I think this proves that like uh, Terminator themed attire will never look as good as people want it to be. Because it just it always comes off looking really hokey. Yeah, that kind of it looked kind of dumb. Yeah, it's like I know he's the machine, Brian Cage, but yeah, there's you know there's a, there's a limit. <laughs> there's a limit. <laughs> yeah, nicknames are nicknames for a reason. But anyway, uh, Cage before the match was insistent that he competes on his own without the help of Team Taz at ringside, so entered with his Terminator Terminator esque gear, uh, and then Page arrived to a thunderous ovation from the Daily's Place fans. So obviously his push worked and he's really over. <laughs> so yeah, uh, fired up from riding the emotions of the live crowd, uh, crowd's reaction. Page took the fight to cage from the opening bell. He launched himself through the ropes and delivered a, to- a tope su- suicida. Uh, but a second attempt at flying landed him in the waiting arms of the machine. Uh, then sent him crashing into the ring post. Uh, Cage dominated the action until Hangman countered a top row powerbomb attempt into a big Hurricane Rana to the mat below. Uh, the heel shook it off and tried for a suplex uh, from the apron, only for Page to slither out and rock him with a forearm shot. The action intensified with Cage uh, wiping out his opponent on the entrance ramp with a suplex. God, that looked painful. If I do say so myself, mm-hmm. I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure I saw Adam Cage or Adam Page. Yeah, see there, I, I already screwed up. <laughs> Adam Page. I'm pretty sure I saw him bounce off the... <laughs> yeah, he bounced pretty good. Yeah. So I'm hoping uh, Cage bought Cage a beer for that one after the show. But, uh, <laughs> and for that terrible-looking bruise on his armpit. Oh, yeah, that, his arm, yeah, that did look bad. I hope he, hope he can move his arm today, but, you know, I doubt it. <laughs> He's probably, yeah. probably in a bathtub full of ice for the, for the most of the night after that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, 
Anyway, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so after that suplex onto the ramp, Cage lifted Cage uh, up uh, onto the top rope for a top rope F5, which Hangman kicked out of. So, uh, yeah, kind of burying Brock Lesnar's finishing move there. <laughs> wink, wink. Cage uh, then tried for his own buckshot lariat, to which Hangman responded by giving him an F5 for a two count. So that's two F5s that have been kicked out of. Cage uh, tried for a buckshot lariat, but Cage caught him with a buckle bomb and then delivered a Liger bomb for a two count. The near fall brought out Hook and Ricky Starks from Team Taz. Uh, Starks tried to give Cage the FTW ch- uh, title belt as a weapon, but Cage refused, and this distraction allowed Cage to hit the buckshot lariat to score the pin and the win. Right, right. So we're kind of looking at Cage doing the face turn. Yeah, it definitely seems that. Well, they kind of hinted at that when uh, after they had their match with Sting and Darby Allen, and uh, Brian Cage was showing respect to Sting and all the other members of Team Taz. Was like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Do you guys buy Cage as as a face? Uh, I think I well, not at this point. Like, I know he's been with the company for a year, but I kind of want him to remain as a heel, but. Obviously, well, the way they're going, see, he's going to be a face. I, I, it's something I have to like test the waters and to see if it works. Because like, eh, I don't know. And then they're obviously Taz is going to find a way to get that FTW Championship off of him. So he's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe just walking up to him. You're not the FTW champion anymore, and take it from him. Like yeah. they're done. I'll go over. <laughs> sure. Or no, he'll he'll like he'll walk up to him and he'll have to look up at him and then he'll be like, "Yeah, no doubt about it, Cole. You're giving me that title belt right now, Team Taz, <laughs> or something." <laughs> and yeah, no, you're not getting it back. No, it belongs to me, Team Taz. <laughs> Team Taz. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, maybe he'll somehow get it off of, uh, or take it away from Brian Cage and then give it to his son. Because Ricky Starks is still injured, or maybe he'll get Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs is the only legitimate one that could take on Brian Cage in that team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely going to be a a battle of the bulls there. For yeah, sure. big fight, big hot fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see how it plays out on TV because that's obviously the direction they're going in. And if it doesn't, I you can always turn Brian Cage heel again <laughs> against right. anybody. So right, I, I would right. like to see a feud between him and uh, John Silver again once John Silver's all clear to return to ring in ring action. Oh no, he's hurt. Yeah, he's got a separated shoulder. He separated uh-huh. his shoulder in that match with Darby Allen for the TNT title. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It, 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 it was here when they were chanting, "This is awesome." Not that this match was was bad. It was an excellent, legit curtain jerker and all that. But I think you guys were a little liberal with the "This is awesome" chant. Yeah, yeah. Like that's probably my biggest gripe about the whole card. So hey, yeah, it was the fans. <laughs> that's that's right. Enthusiastic. And uh-huh. that the NWA matches on the pre-show. And yeah. That, uh, <laughs> so you got two gripes for Snowy so far. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There'll be a few more. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's Like I said, this was a really strong card. Mm-hmm. Well, let's continue on, shall we? 
Uh, up next, the tag team title match. It was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston challenging the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Uh, Moxley and Kingston entered uh, through the Daily's Place uh, crowd to an enormous pop. Like, John Moxley was so hyped up that he actually picked up a chair and just kind of threw it. Not yeah. in any specific direction. <laughs> I thought, holy shit, he's some some kid in the audience is going to be wearing this chair. Holy shit. <laughs> but th- thankfully, like when, Brock, like when Brock ripped the door off the car and threw it and he hit somebody with the car oh, door. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just glad he didn't hit anybody. But right. I'd rather be hit with a chair than a car door, though. Yeah, if, if yeah, given the choice between the two, definitely. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they came out. To, came to the crowd through an enormous pop in the, uh, for their title match, uh, and then the Young Bucks came out to the first real big boos of the evening, really, because like, Brian Cage didn't really get booed despite being the heel. But the Young Bucks coming out, ooh, the crowd let them have it. They were not. They were not afraid to tell the Bucks that they are not fans of them anymore. But uh, anyway, the challengers wasted little time jumping the champs before the bell and beating them around the ringside area before the bell could even yeah before the bell could even ring. Uh, with Kingston and Nick Jackson in the ring, referee Rick Knox called for the bell and the match was officially underway. The heels overcame the offensive uh, by their opponents early to seize control and cut Kingston off from Moxley. Matt Jackson mocked the showboating uh, wrestling legends like Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, but. Moxley made him, <laughs> yeah. yeah, knocking him to the floor. Uh, the former world champion entered the boat legally, delivering a pair of pile drivers for the champions before transitioning right into the bulldog choke on Matt. Uh, as Moxley heated up, Doc Gallows uh, interfered, only to be attacked by the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian, <laughs> which I guess is uh, yeah Kaz's new new gimmick now that he's mm-hmm. uh, up. Uh, yeah, looking to get the revenge on the Bucks after after the Bucks ended uh, SCU's run. Uh, back inside the ring, the champ used uh, an aerosol can on John Moxley and busted him open with the bottom of it before delivering the Meltzer driver on the entrance ramp. Moxley was bleeding pretty bad after this. Uh, yeah, the heels uh, cut the ring off from Moxley, working uh, working him over in their corner as blood poured down the forehead of the renegade competitor. Uh, the Bucks. The Shield's triple power bomb with by doing the the fist taunt. Uh, Matt ate a big boot to the face and marks in the flat, leading to a Kingston exploded into the match and uh, took the fight to both opponents, destroying Nick with a big boot. The champ shook it off, delivering an assisted uh, slice bread number two before Nick rocked him with a running knee knee strike to the face. Uh, Nick looked for the senton, but Kingston got the knees up. Bucks looked more. Uh, Looked for uh, more the more bang for your buck uh, move, but Kingston interrupted Nick while Moxley applied the sleeper to Matt. Uh, the heels fought out and delivered a move, a move anyway, but still failed to earn the victory. Each team uh, took turns cutting off the other's combo finish until Matt found himself first upon Kingston's shoulders. Uh, Moxley came off uh, with the with the Nike Dior to the face and the move. Move best called the DRC device. <laughs> oh, I was marked up for that so much. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so obviously referencing the Road Warriors Doomsday device. Doomsday device. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> but, uh, 
Anyway, Nick broke that. Uh, Nick Jackson broke that pin up. Uh, found himself in a paradigm shift, but countered and applied the sharpshooter. Uh, sorry, yeah, countered and applied the sharpshooter. Kingston eventually uh, broke up a hold and delivered a backdrop or a driver to Matt. Matt somehow managed to break up the pin. Uh, Moxley turned uh, the Bucks inside out with stereo lariats, but but took super kicks for their troubles. The Bucks. Uh, to their surprise, failed to keep the fired-up Moxley down past one. Chance of Moxley filled the stands, but the Bucks uh, flattened uh, stereo super kicks. Uh, they added more of their trademark strikes to Kingston and set the former world champ up with the BTE trigger, which they delivered per- er, perfectly four times. <laughs> the Bucks retained the title. I forgot to mention that. Dog Gallows came out, and we both thought it was Nick Gage for a second. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> They're both bald. Yeah, we did. It was like, oh, no, it was Carl Anderson. Came Carl Anderson. Right. I, was, I love that line that Don Callis had. Carl's seen enough. <laughs> you know, it's like, God, he's such a great heel. Callis has always been like that. And he's just so, so witty, like, mentally like that. He's just, yeah. oh, it was fantastic. This is the rumor. Because the rumor that Gage was going to show up. So when we first saw Carl at first, we were like, wait a minute, is that way? No. <laughs> yeah, we thought Carl Carl Anderson's beard was actually uh, the handkerchief that Nick Gage wore, <laughs> wore around his face for a split second. I wouldn't be surprised if they, especially after, you know, the the dark side of the ring episode and all that, because like AEW is, is, is good for hiring guys that just who might not be that that recognizable, even within the pro wrestling world. And then just hiring them, bringing them on. Look, it's this guy. Like it goes back, goes back to Luther. Okay. Like, who in the U.S. knew who the hell Dr. Luther was when he first showed up to AEW? Nobody. He was big in Japan 20 years ago. He was he was over up, up here in the Indies in Winnipeg for a while. But who in the U.S., you know, really knows who Dr. Luther was and who in the U.S., like, really knows who Nick Gage is prior to, you know, um, the Dark Side ep- episode. So I could totally see them bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, remember last year the Casino Battle Royal. the The surprise entrant was supposed to be Gage, apparently, and then he injured his ankle, and then it was uh, well, of Matt course Adele. he did. Well, of course mm-hmm. he injured himself. Yeah. Well, he wasn't <laughs> even in a death match. He just stepped wrong, performing a move. <laughs> As I was going to say, probably right right before his big national debut on AEW, he probably went and did some. Deathmatch tournament. No, <laughs> no it was actually at an outdoor show at Beyond, and he stepped wrong. Yeah. How ironic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Who died for seven minutes from being cut open by light tubes? Got taken out of AEW for big debut. Yeah. From just uh, stepping wrong. Oh. Uh, uh. Anyway. Long yeah. story short, that was a solid match from mm-hmm. <laughs> from the Bucks and Kingston and Moxley. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Casino Battle Royale was next, and it kicked off with the club's group, which included Christian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, 
Dustin Rhodes, Matt Seidel, and the acclaimed Max Caster, who did not hesitate to insult every one of his opponents. <laughs> those those were actually amusing. Those actually You're not amusing. the same without your edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, I will admit. And he said he said something about Dustin Rhodes. I can't really remember, but probably something about a bull rope. Either way. <laughs> I, I I do remember just sitting there going, oh <laughs> like most of the crowd was, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, Paul White joined uh, Excalibur, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone on commentary. Uh, Seidel was the first competitor eliminated following a cheap blow from Caster. Kind of feel bad for Matt Seidel. He hasn't had a great year since his from his debut last year and being first eliminated this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of had bad luck, <laughs> or at least bad booking. Uh, or no, I guess his debut was not a booking decision. That was just purely that was purely bad luck, but. That seems to have kind of snowballed into him not being really featured on Dynamite as much as I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. It is what it is, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, he was uh, eliminated first after a cheap low, low by uh, Max Caster. Uh, the young tag team star was the next to go, landing awkwardly on the entrance ramp and immediately clutching his knee, which didn't really look that bad. So I'm not, I can't, I don't really know if that was like a legit or. Or what? But yeah, we did. We did comment how he was like grabbing his knee, but it didn't look fake. We thought he was like trying to just like fool no. people. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Uh, anyway, the clock uh, ticked down, and the diamonds were next. Uh, Big Money Matt Hardy joined uh, and attempted to uh, jump press ten Vance number ten from the Dark Order, uh, but the masked man fended uh, both him and Isaiah Cassidy off. Uh, delivering a power bomb to Cassidy, uh, Nick Camarado from the factory and Serpentico entered next. And Serpentico had to be pretty much dragged to the ring by Luther, which I didn't quite get this because I don't really watch Dark or Dark Elevation. So I'm thinking that must have been something. Serpentico is like a coward or something that has to be brought to the ring. I guess like I didn't really didn't really mm. understand. <laughs> yeah, it's like did I miss something? What's going on yeah. here? Yeah, because I know those two really aren't on Dynamite all that much, so I couldn't have missed it there. But either way, uh, Vance eliminated Serpentico immediately before squaring off uh, with the massive Camarado. Uh, uh, Preston Vance uh, tried two clotheslines, but Camarado rocked him with a spear. Uh, both men fought uh, over to the ropes where uh, Dustin Rhodes dumped both of them. Uh, the vengeful Camarado blasted Rhodes with a cowbell. Uh, then Powerhouse Hobbs dumped Rhodes out of the ring and then uh, ate a kill switch from Christian Cage. Christian and Hardy then squared off, drawing an enormous pop from the fans, mm-hmm. bringing us the TLC days. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy interfered but paid for it, courtesy of uh, Colt Cabana, who entered as the part of the Hearts group. Uh, the Varsity Blondes, the Acclaims, Anthony Bowens, and Penta El Zero Miedo, uh, rounded off the collection of stars in that group. Uh, Cassidy eliminated Cabana as payback and saved Hardy in the process. Bowens was sent to the floor, uh, as was Griff Garrison uh, of the Blondes by Hardy. Uh, Cassidy continued to, uh, to stand by Hardy well, the, as the Spades entered next. Uh, highlighted, or, or sorry, headlined by Jungle Boy, joining the popular young star uh, were Hardy's associate Mark Quinn, The Factory's Aaron Solo, Dark Order's Evil Uno, and Big Shoddy Lee Johnson from the Nightmare Family. Uh, Private Party eliminated Brian Pillman Jr., so Snowy's pick was out. 
unfortunately. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was gun informed too. There was actually a pretty loud Roman chant uh, happening during that match, I noticed too. So, yeah, obviously, those people watched Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got got snow a little bit better, as JR said. Uh, yeah, Pillman got eliminated to a chorus of booze. Uh, Johnson and Solo's runs were uh, short as Hardy knocked both of them to the floor uh, after a brawl on the apron. Evil Uno flattened Cassidy. Young uh, Boy teamed off on Hardy, and Penta eliminated Evil Uno. Uh, Jungle Boy eliminated Penta with a Hurricane Rana as Hobbs and Cage returned after several minutes on the floor. Uh, Captain Charisma used Hobbs' momentum against him, dumping him to the floor. And this left Cage, Jungle Boy, against uh, the Hardy family office. Leo Rush then made his debut as the Joker in this year's match. Mm-hmm. Wasted little time executing a Poison Rana on Quinn. Uh, he added a running Spanish fly to Cassidy and then avoided elimination from Hardy and leveled him with a stunner. Or that move was kind of botched, but that was more Hardy's fault than than uh, Rush's fault. Uh, explosive run was short-lived as uh, the Hardy family office continued their run of dominance. Jungle, Jungle Boy flattened Hardy with a lariat by eliminating Private Party. Cage feigned an alliance with Hardy before dumping him to the floor, which uh, brought this down to uh, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. So at this point, I thought this could go either way because we got Jungle Boy, who's like the young up-and-comer, who hasn't really had like the biggest chance that he could have gotten yet. And then then we got Christian Cage, who's kind of been pushed uh, since his debut. He's been on a bit of a winning streak. So really, yeah, it could have gone either way between these two at this point. But uh, young Jack, Jungle Jack Perry uh, uh, hung with Cage, uh, proving every bit as capable uh, – as the celebrated veteran competitor. Uh, He tried to headlock Cage to the floor, but Christian evaded it. Jungle Boy escaped his attempted kill switch and spun around the ring post and slid back into the ring. That was an awesome (laughs) spot. It was. That was fantastic. Very Jungle (laughs) Boy-esque. From there, he delivered the back body drop and sent Christian to the floor and earned the victory. After celebrating, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt rushed to the ring to help, uh, help celebrate with him. For Cage re-entered the ring and showed his opponent respect, telling him to go win the title right now. Well, not right now, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is this 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 is your big moment, son. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Go get yeah. It. I was it's... on the edge of my seat. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Like like when 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 it came down, you know, uh, first of all, when they announced Leo Rush, like I just like, oh my God, I was not expecting that at all. And no, I totally no, no. marked out. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I was, on, sorry. I wish he was in the. I wish he was in the match for longer than he was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as quick he was in, I was all excited, right on, and then boom, gone. Like what the fuck? All right, fair enough. Fair enough. But I was on the edge of my seat for the end of this, and I remember saying to Mrs. Snowy, "It's like, okay, you know what? It would be really cool if." You know, if Jungle Boy here was to pull this off and give the youngster a shot and all that. Yep. So I was like, holy shit. So, like, we just exploded, you know, when Jungle Boy won it. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah well, well deserved, well earned, I, mm-hmm. I might say. For sure. He's, he's got more than enough capability to hang with, uh, well, whoever the. Uh, world champion is by the end of the show. We'll get to that right. in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, this is also, and I think I even said it on the show, this is how you use Christian 
in cage. Okay, yeah. like you're not you're not going to put the AEW world title on him. Maybe give him a tag team title run down the line or something and all that. Let use instances like this to put the younger guys over. You know, Absolutely, that. yeah. Like Christian, like he he's like he's still capable of wrestling, and I understand he hasn't wrestled in seven years, which is quite a while. But yeah, at the same time, does he really need another world title run? Like he had three in WWE and had a really long one in uh, TNA. And TNA, yeah, the NWA, yeah, for sure. When he, when he was in his prime, arguably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this match, this battle royal, is when it also got interesting for our uh, our picks and mm-hmm. all that for the for the WNIC t- title and all that because you guys picked Cage. Yeah, we both picked Christian. Yeah, that. yeah, and, and I picked Pillman because I was like, maybe, maybe they're gonna try to use you know the appearance on the dark side to give the kid a push and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, maybe you know, like okay, yeah, like the varsity varsity blondes, I guess they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're just kind of fresh as a team, but I could see maybe something happening where Garrison turns on him some way and shape or form, you know, in the match. And then Pillman goes on to, to win it, to give him the push and all that. But then Pillman, Pillman starts going crazy and then Garrison shaves his head and grows a goatee. And then they have a feud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was my logic in case you guys were wondering like, where the hell is he getting that idea from? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I understood completely, yeah, why you would pick that. But, well, just not his time yet. I, I would like to see the Varsity Blondes uh, have a tag team title run before they split up. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. Like, if they could be the team that could. Well, I know they already had a match with the Bucks, but they could get another one sometime down the line. I would like to see them maybe take the belt off the Bucks at All Out, if possible. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can see that. Yeah. Or maybe just on an episode of Dynamite. Who knows? Be like an impromptu challenge. Be like, we're challenging you right now. And then they insult them, and then the Bucks would be forced to accept, and then then the Blondes win, you know? Mm-hmm. I've seen it. We've seen it before. But it, yeah. it, it's, it's always nice. It's nice to see something. You know? mm-hmm. But anyway, continuing on with the card. Well, in my opinion, this is the least anticipated match of the entire night. It was uh, Cody Rhodes versus... Anthony Agogo in uh, uh, some sort of American Pride match, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the night before. Mem- it was the night before Memorial Day. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, to, today as we speak, it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's the big holiday in the U.S. Right, right, right. And okay. all that. So it's like America versus another country. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and then they have the. <laughs> they have the um the 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 package to celebrate the troops and all mm-hmm. that. And it's like, oh, or is this the WWF all over again? Like what's ah oh, okay, fine. I get it. I get it, but go on. Yeah, but uh one thing I actually kind of found funny was that uh Cody Rhodes ring attire. I don't know if you've seen the the superhero show called The Boys. It's kind of like a, it's like a parody superhero show, mm-hmm. like dark dark comedy, and 
there was this one character named Homelander who ends up just he thinks he's the hero, but he's actually like a big villain. And that that's that's what the attire was based off of was Homelander. So I'm like uh-huh. thinking to myself, does Cody think that Homelander is a good guy, or <laughs> is this just kind of a hint that Cody's? Or it also reminded me like it it didn't ring a bell until this morning. It reminded me of an old thing jacket that he wore once. Oh yeah, okay. But uh, another thing I thought was that uh, maybe Cody could be slowly turning heel, thinking that he's the the, the ultimate good guy, but even in, as people will start booing him, inevitably. Right. You never know. <laughs> the narcissist, or he'll, it'll be kind of like a mix between, like, the, uh, I guess, Homelander from, uh, <laughs> like, Homelander from The Boys, the narcissist version of Lex Luger, and... I guess Bo Dallas is NXT character. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might work. That would actually yeah. might work. Oh, Cody can pull it off. He's got that like that smug look on his face every time he cuts a promo. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In case you didn't know, in case nobody told you, he's Dusty Rhodes' son. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And he has that shitty neck tattoo. Oh yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> that anyway so yeah a very patriotic presentation in honor of the memorial day in honor of memorial day in the united states gave way to the intensely personal match between cody rhodes and the former bronze medal olympic boxer anthony agogo uh agogo rocked rhodes with a body punch early on and then added an olympic slam uh, and a german suplex to show off his abilities as a wrestler he controlled the action until the american dream uh, yeah, he actually called himself that for one night, the American Dream. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, he opened up a go-go uh, over his right eye, which is surprising. I always thought Cody was the first one to bleed in matches that Cody was in. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like he would have just been like, oh, shit, you're bleeding. Wait, I got to cut myself. <laughs> no, I got to bleed. <laughs> Nobody bleeds before me. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta dye my hair red like Ric Flair. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, blinded in his good eye, Gogo threw some wild punches that allowed Rhodes to fight back uh, and deliver the Cody cutter. Uh, Rhodes uh, set him up for a superplex, but Gogo knocks his opponent down momentarily with a hard right hand. Uh, Gogo scaled the ropes and delivered a picture-perfect frog splash, a uh, split second it took him to make the cover after nursing his rib injury proved costly as as he scored only a two-count. Rhodes... Uh, recovered and applied the figure four. Agogo jabbed Rhodes in the ribs, knocking him on his back and leading to a near fall. Agogo uh, landed another shot uh, to the midsection and rocked the baby face with an uppercut. Rhodes' uh, hand fell into the rope, leading to a, a non-valid pinfall attempt. Moments later, Rhodes delivered the vertebraker to score the pin and the win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there is no way that Rhodes wasn't winning this match. Well, I thought he would be the better man and give the up and comer his due because like well what yeah. was like I remember a while back the the Nightmare Factory where all these guys trained at he said he opened this not only for the benefit of AEW but for the benefit of professional wrestling. So I would think he would give the guy the the, the rub, maybe. But, right. Yeah, but uh, not not at not at this at, at this moment, like the day before uh, Memorial Day, and it's the uh, U.S. versus England, and like okay, this is like they're like you knew 
going into WrestleMania uh, six, seven, whatever it was, when Sergeant Slaughter was turned back or turned his back on America, and you know he became an Iraqi sympathizer, and the real American Hulk Hogan had to, yeah. You, you, you know, he had to fight for America's honor. Like, why bother watching that main event? Because you knew who was going to win. And that's kind of yeah. what I took from this match. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, and I guess they're in, like, Florida's a very patriotic state. So had Ogogo would have won, like, there probably would have been some light rioting happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed with the outcome, but yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it's actually very, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, my question from here now is like, where does the go-go go from here? You know, like, is he buried or is he going to kind of work his way up on dark and dark elevation now and try to gain more wins to try and gain his momentum back? Like. Right, right. I'm confused what the what the plan, like the what the long term plan is here. <laughs> oh, hopefully there is one. Hopefully, yeah. there and then one. here, a go go will be Cody, and Cody will bitch again. Yeah. Well, ah. well time will tell. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next on the card, we have the TNT Championship match: Miro uh, defending against Lance Archer. Man, I was looking forward to this match. Big hot. Two big hosses just duking it out. I always love to see those. As long as as long as they're agile, not like I don't want to see like a great Kali or a giant Kali. <laughs> that, that's boring. But these, these uh, two guys can move well and they 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 know how to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a fired up Lance Archer went airborne early in the TNT Championship match uh, with Miro. Catching the best man on the entrance ramp, from there, he dominated the action. Miro sent Archer uh, into the crowd to halt his uh, opponent's momentum, and uh, Archer flattened Miro uh, for a few counts later on, proving he wouldn't allow himself to be on the defensive for too long, uh, especially if he wanted to win the title. Uh, He headed up uh, top for a moonsault, but crashed and burned as the champion rolled out of the way. Uh, Miro set up for a big Machka kick. Jake Roberts appeared with his snake, but Miro cut him off, delivered the kick, and threw the snake up the ramp. Obviously, it wasn't a real snake because it, it wasn't moving one bit. But <laughs> the his Twitter said, post was great after. Yeah, oh yeah, he, yeah, he made a Twitter post about Peta right after Snowden said something about that. Too. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah. But the commentators were selling this like he just kicked a baby or something. It was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but he throw yeah throws the snake up the ramp. So I, I thought we were about to see the AEW debut of Damien, but alas, it was not to be. Fake snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miro attempted, or maybe maybe Damien's dead in kayfabe now. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, good be. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens on Dynamite. Uh, Miro attempted to level Roberts, but Archer uh, destroyed him with a choke slam for a close two count. Uh, Archer set up the blackout, but Miro fought out. Uh, Archer countered, uh, countered him, sending uh, the champion to the floor. As the combatants fought uh, back into the ring, Miro delivered a kick to the ropes, sending uh, them to the groin of the challenger. Miro delivered another kick, uh, stomped the spine, and applied the accolade. Archer tried to fight out, but Miro uh, added knees to the back and uh, reapplied the submission, uh, knocking Archer unconscious and causing the referee to call for the bell. So he wins by... 
TKO, not by submission. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Lance Archer passed out. He didn't tap him. Right, right. Which that can make you, you can move forward like together on uh, mm-hmm. on a call like this. So it he makes Miro look strong. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you never made me quit. Oh, you never pinned me. Yeah, let's, makes let's, him, let's makes, do it again. Yeah, like yeah, it makes Miro look strong, and it makes Archer look strong in defeat because he never technically gave up. So. Right. Uh-huh. Now this 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 is the Miro that we wanted right from the start. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the Rusev we all know and love. Yes, for sure, for sure. Like this is what Rusev could have been right now in WWE if they would have pushed him properly and actually got on board. Because the Rusev Day thing was not supposed to be popular or get over, but it did. And mm-hmm. I don't think you like that very much. So no, they, they don't. No, relegated him to the undercard more or less. And it's a shame because, like, he's a very good competitor and he's very charismatic, good on the microphone. He's 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 got a comedic quality to the way he did, he does his promos. You know what I mean? Like uh, when he first won the TNT title and he came out and said, "I'd like to thank uh, first or first I'd like to thank Jesus Christ." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that. like they all do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I marked out when Jake brought the bag out. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was nostalgic for sure, and he was wearing the leather jacket. And I was really, I was hoping to see something, but like, it wasn't going to be like a huge python or anything. But like, I was like, okay, hopefully, you know, we see the new Damien. But that was that was hysterical. Like when he threw the bag. Okay, and it's like uh, just the, the the just the way this the the makeup of a snake. It didn't even look like one. You know what I mean? No, it no. didn't look like there's one in the bag. And I don't care how strong you are. Okay, a fair size boa constrictor. You're not throwing it that far like that. No, <laughs> boa constrictors are basically all muscle. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like, just like, oh my god! Like, Alice Cooper is taking one look at that and went, "Oh god, Jake, why don't you educate these people about snakes?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and the fact that like Miro, when he first like he picked it up and starts shaking it like a little kid who won a goldfish at a carnival. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> ah. Ah. ah, but it was a fantastic match. Mm, yeah, it was. It was good. It was a good, good hoss fight, and they were they really beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Just like just like I wanted. <laughs> anyway, next up was the AEW Women's Championship match. Hikaru Shida, one year as champion as of this, as of that night, uh, last night, defending against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. So and. Also, yeah, they had a new women's title belt, which was basically just a slightly bigger version of the old one. Because I guess they finally realized that that old belt kind of only looked good on Rio and not really all that great on anybody else because it was just too damn small. <laughs> Especially Nyla Rose. Like, that looked like a kitty belt when she would bring it out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, now the, the new belt's looking a lot better. And yeah, she does. Well, obviously, it was she does like biggest title defense, being that it, it, like a it was like in front of a big crowd. She won it in front of nobody, but this one year anniversary of being champion in front of the biggest crowd they've had since March of two thousand twenty 
So yeah, it's a big deal for big deal for her that night too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's been a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but Britt Baker uh, sought to become the AEW Women's Champion on this night. To do so, she would have to knock off the champion uh, who has re- who has reigned out for over a year. And the doctor worked over Sheeta, dominating uh, the action and looking for her signature lockjaw submission. Sheeta countered it, but Baker maintained uh, her advantage. Overconfidence proved costly uh, for Baker as Sheeta fought back, rocking her with three consecutive knee strikes in the corner. Uh, more aggressive, Sheeta pulled uh, at the face of her opponent and scored a quick near fall despite uh, attempted interference by Rebel at ringside. Uh, Baker rocked Sheeta with a short kick uh, to the face and then added a fisherman's neckbreaker for a two-count. The challenger tried for a stomp, but Sheeta countered, uh, tripping her up and applying the stretch muffler. Baker made it to the ropes, forcing the break, and then blasted the champion with a kick. Uh, The sling blade followed, uh, and Baker added the air eight crash as the fans chanted DMD in support of the heel challenger. Uh, Baker again uh, looked for the lockjaw, but Sheeta continued to uh, fight her way towards the ropes. Uh, Sheeta fought out and hoisted the challenger on her shoulders, but Baker fought out of it. Uh, Sheeta delivered a German suplex and then added a running back elbow for a two count. Uh, the fight headed uh, headed to the ropes where Sheeta looked for the avalanche Death Valley driver. Baker escaped yet again. Uh, Sheeta applied the stretch muffler for a second time, only for Rebel to provide the distraction and force the champion to break the hold. Uh, Rebel misfired, striking Baker with her crutch, and Sheeta covered for a dramatic near fall, which I thought that was the end of the match right there. Uh, but Rebel again attempted to interfere, but referee Paul Taylor booted her from ringside. Sheeta delivered the uh, Tamahashi, but, uh, or sorry, the tam- Tamashi. The Tamashi, but. Uh, uh, resilient Baker kicked out, and the action intensified until Baker caught Sheeta and applied the lockjaw for the submission victory and the title victory. So, Britt Baker is your new AEW Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think right now Baker is capable of having a bad match. No, she is like she's on fire. Yeah, she is like the like her and Deeb are definitely the highlights of the women's division for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, no disrespect to Sheeta. Sheeta carried the title for an entire year through the pandemic age, and she did a fantastic job. But it was time for a title change, and I'm glad they gave it to Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. She, oh, the character is infuriating as well. Oh, you know, and that's that's that makes that makes the character. You're this this is the heel character that you're supposed to hate. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's yeah. not there's nothing there's no gray area here. There's nothing cool about her, although I might look like she did have some people cheering for her and all that, but this is good old fashioned heel mm-hmm. work and it works so well and it just she just uh, watching, you know, Baker every week with Mrs. Snowy and her mother and all that, like Baker just infuriates them. You know <laughs> you know, and I just sit back and enjoy listening to them because it's like she's doing her job then. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, she's definitely one of the best things going in AEW right now. Yep. For sure, for sure. And, yeah, like, uh, 
Uh, yeah, like you said, like you pointed out, there was there were some dueling chants in the crowd for the two. There was a let's go, let's go, Sheeta DMD throughout the match. So obviously the crowd very split for uh, both competitors. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall this match, uh, one of the one of the best matches of the night, I would say for sure. I don't know what you guys think. Oh, for sure, like yeah, like, and she's done that more than once. Uh huh. Well, yeah, her match with Thunder Rosa on Dynamite, that uh, that no disqualification match, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, that was one of the best women's matches I've seen, not not just in AEW, but like, like of the year in all of pro wrestling, even between like NXT, who has some of the best women's matches ever as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a contender. Yeah. It's a contender. It's a contender. Yeah, it's a contender. A contender. <laughs> For sure. All right. Now, up next, we have uh, the in-ring return of Sting, since his last match was technically a <laughs> cinematic match. Uh, yes. Sting's, <laughs> Sting's first in-ring match, live in front of a crowd in six years. And okay. how long is... Okay, how we're long is... Go. Sorry? We're good. Okay, so we say what you're going to say first. Oh, I was just going to say, how long has Sting been in AEW? Now? Uh, six months. Six six months, and yeah. he's finally in his, his first match. They always had him doing something, so mm-hmm. really can't complain. You know how they're using Sting; it's been fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, having the one cinematic match and basically being Darby's uh, mentor through his whole TNT title run. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't like overuse him. Like being like, "Oh, this is this is the the sixty something year old Sting coming back to take out all these twenty year old and thirty year old up and comers." Like, <laughs> if would have done that, then I don't think I would. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone would have bought it. No, no, it's hard to hard to really suspend your disbelief when someone is that old and beaten up, beating up the young guys because WWE have done that so often. I just. Oh. It gets old. It's like one of the worst wrestling tropes I can think of. Mm-hmm. Oh, does Goldberg want a payday? Bring him in. Yeah. <laughs> let's don't, let's uh, not say Sting and Goldberg in the same sentence. Like no, no, we've already we've we've done that too many times in, in the late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was Sting and Darby Allen taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. It's the last Page Cage Age Rage. Whatever. <laughs> the last A- AGE name of the night. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah. Darby Allen and Sting wasted no time avenging months of torment at the hands of Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, the former launching him- himself into uh, all ego uh, at ringside while the icon teed off on Scorpio Sky. Uh, brawling. Uh, gave way to Sting, launching his own body uh, out of the ring onto the competition, drawing the thunderous ovation from the appreciative audience. And yeah, this is where the "You Still Got It" chance started. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, that was, that's, the "You Still Got It" chance started after he no sold a suplex. Oh yeah, he no sold a suplex and then launched himself launched himself off the stack of poker chips. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what was your? Snowy on Sting, no selling a ramp suplex at 61. 
yeah, yeah, but uh, honestly, Sting's like, okay, with a match like this, you're going to, he's he's not going to do the heavy lifting. Allen is going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, let Sting go in, do his shtick and all that, and he did his own stuff. Okay, and he Sting was Sting. This is probably one of the few times, you know. I remember like when Sting debuted in TNA, and I know his he was out there for a minute on mm-hmm. his his debut, and everyone's chanting, "You still got it!" And he, he never did anything. Didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Didn't do a damn thing yet at that point. You yeah, know? and everyone's saying now when he's when they started the chant, "You still got it." They might have been at a bad spot and all that. As a match on a whole, I think that they, that's when they should have chanted, like, at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not after his first move that he did. <laughs> that's, right, right. Yeah, it seemed like they were waiting. It seemed like they were waiting to say it, and they were just like, okay, he did something, go. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like It's, it's almost like the fans these days, you know, with the way they hijack shows and all that, it's like they have their own, you know, their own format okay we 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 have to say this at this time we have to say this at this time we have to say this at this time and it's like you're 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 booking your own bullshit you know yeah (laughs) yeah there's a yeah you still got it this is awesome fight forever (laughs) (laughs) use it when it counts yeah (laughs) but uh yeah anyway after this the the heels absorbed uh the early onslaught and managed to cut uh, Allen down, working him over and isolating him from his partner as uh, the Hall of Famer watched on. Uh, Darby escaped uh, a side suplex attempt by Sky and made the tag Sting, who exploded into the match with hard rights uh, to the opposition before referee Aubrey Edwards uh, informed him she did not see the tag, thus forcing him back to the apron. Uh, heels continued to work over Allen despite the former TNT champion uh, champion's attempt to fight back. He finally did, delivering a stunner and tag Sting in. Uh, the icon then sent Sky to the floor and delivered a code red to Page for a two count. Uh, the baby faces applied stereo submissions, but uh, Edwards called them off. Sting uh, came face to face with Sting, or sorry, Sting's came face to face with Sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this WCW all over again? Yeah, it's the fake Sting thing all over again now. <laughs> Yeah, Sting came face to face with Sky uh, after an exchange of blows, and Sky tried uh, to springboard Cutter, only for the Icon to catch him and deliver the Scorpion Death Drop for the pin and the win. Perfect way to end it. Yeah, like I didn't expect Sting to get the the pinfall. I expected Darby to get that, but yeah, you know, I'm 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 kind of glad though that they didn't do Sting dirty like they did at WrestleMania that one year when he was against Triple H. Oh, that, that, yeah. That was his first match in WWE, and they buried him. Mm-hmm. Like, commentary, everything. So, I'm glad AEW had a little more class than that. But, uh, yeah. Like, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the match of the night, not a five-star performance by any means, but it was still entertaining, and, like, yeah, everyone in this match did well, I thought. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Paige and uh, Sky played the cowardly chicken shit heels perfectly, and Darby did some insane shit. He even, like, at one point, I'm pretty sure he launched himself, uh, or he got launched into the crowd and landed on his brother's lap or something. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that was full of shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, props to his family for taking the bump, I guess. <laughs> there we go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if, like, if it was with any other like random crowd members, well, you'd have a lawsuit on your hands there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, ch- uh, cheers to the Allen family for getting involved in the show and uh, doing doing their part. And uh, yeah, and congratulations to Sting for a successful in-ring return. He's probably yeah. still got the ice pack on today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but I think he's earned it. I think he's yeah. earned yep. it. Yeah, considering that uh, after he took that buckle bomb from Rollins uh, six or seven years ago, and he was told he would never wrestle again, like I think that's a pretty good stride for him now. <laughs> taking a mm-hmm. no selling a suplex onto the ramp and then diving off of a bunch of poker chips. <laughs> while Come probably thinking, while probably thinking that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too old for this shit. Uh, yeah, I do. I do remember his Hall of Fame speech when he got inducted. He said, "Like I've always said that that one thing's for sure about the Stinger. It's that nothing's for sure, but this is for sure, and that's as of tonight. I'm retired." Well. Turns wow. out that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the I guess uh, it is true that nothing's for sure about the stinger. No, yeah. Never. Ne- well, it's wrestling. Never say never. Yeah. Never say never. Say never. Say never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's that? Uh, what's that Bond movie? Never say never again. Again. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, this the main events. Main events. Yeah. Oh no, not not quite. The well. The the co-main events. Yeah, all the dual main events. Uh, Yeah, I think this should have been the main event, but that's just me thinking that a world title match should be the main event. Oh, well. (laughs) And then that rumor that apparently was supposed to probably happen, and then it didn't. Ah, yeah. Yeah, well. I don't even think Snowy knows about that rumor. No, No, what is this? We'll get to it after the after we go over the match. But anyway, the next okay. up is the AEW World Title uh, Triple Threats. It was Orange Cassidy and Pack challenging Kenny Omega for the for the title. Uh, Kenny Omega entered uh, as Impact TNA AAA Mega and AEW World Champion. But if uh, Orange Cassidy or Pack had their way, the cleaner would leave Jacksonville one title lighter following their three way match. After Omega and Pack took a uh, each other down early, freshly squeezed, entered the ring, and scored consecutive one counts on his opponents. Uh, he followed up, launched himself a pack and, uh, with a tope suicida on the floor and, uh, and a tilt-a-whirl DDT on Omega. Uh, he set up for the orange punch, but Omega cut him off and drove him into the corner. Uh, pack had scored victories over both of his opponents uh, in, in the short history of AEW and... Uh, or, sorry... Pack, who had scored victories over both of his opponents in the short history of AEW, sent Omega to the floor and focused his attack on Cassidy. He delivered a big shotgun missile dropkick as Don Callis called him Don Callis called him a more athletic version of the Dynamite Kid. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, when, when he, as soon as he said Dynamite Kid, yeah, both Dustin and I were like, oh, reference the Dynamite Kids, now he's going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was, it was it was out of left field it was out of left yep. field yeah for sure uh omega sees control of the match out wrestling his opponents uh while callus touted him as the best champion in any company cassidy mounted a comeback uh engaging the champion in a series of near falls and uh culminated with a bridge uh 
A bridge up interrupted by Pax 450 splash for a two count. Omega delivered consecutive Snapdragon suplexes to Cassidy and uh, added a V trigger. He looked uh, for one on Pax, but was countered by a German suplex. Omega dropped Pax and joined uh, Cassidy on the ropes, teasing a super Snapdragon uh, su- suplex. Uh, Cassidy put his hands in his pockets as a defense, and uh, Pack rushed to the ropes and uh, delivered an avalanche German suplex to the champion. Cassidy uh, wiped out Pack on the floor, but ate a tire driver from Omega, delivering uh, consecutive V-triggers to Cassidy, who placed his hands in his pockets one last time before <laughs> falling face-first in the ring. Uh, Cassidy delivered a Mishinoku driver to the champion, and Pack followed with a Falcon Arrow, but uh, freshly, or, or too freshly squeezed uh, for a two-count. Uh, the Bastard then added another Falcon Arrow, uh, this time uh, off the top rope to Omega. Cassidy sent Pack to the floor and scored the most dramatic near fall of the match at this point. Uh, Pack low blow Cassidy, flattened him, and delivered the Black Arrow. Omega just narrowly broke up the pin. I actually thought that was it at that point. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Omega then looked for the one-winged angel, but Pat countered with the brutalizer, uh, similar to how he did at All Out in uh, in 2019. Uh, Cassidy exploded from out of nowhere with the orange punch, followed by the beach break for another heart-stopping near fall. They fired up Cassidy, obliterated Omega, added an orange punch to Pack, and then appeared on his way to... Uh, to the most uh, improbable victory when Callis left the commentary position and pulled the referee out of the ring, prompting the crowd to chant, fuck you, Don. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's when Don first went, shit, shit, on commentary. Yeah, and then he yeah. left. Yeah, like that, 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 was, that was done really well. Yeah, it was. It like was like, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I loved how the fuck you Don chant just progressively got louder and louder and louder. Uh-huh. It was great. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, counter, uh, Pat countered uh, DDT and uh, applied the brutalizer. Omega stomped away and the stubbornly determined challenger refused to break the hold. Instead, he delivered a leg drop to the referee and uh, so the referee couldn't call for the submission. Uh, he blasted Pack with one of the championship belts, then another, and then another rendering Pack defenseless. Uh, Cassidy came out of nowhere with one last orange punch, and referee Aubrey Edwards rushed to the ring. She counted the fall, but Omega counted into a crucifix pin for the surprise win. So, a bit of a weird finish to this match, I think. Yeah. Right. But, but the overall, I would I would give this match of the night, like, the match of the night. I think so, yeah. Went went back and forth, and like they like some 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 of the words you use, heart stopping and all that. Like, yeah, it definitely it, it that was those definitely fit for sure. There were there yeah there were yeah, the both of those moments when it, like it seemed like both uh, Pack and Cassidy were going to win, but then like the last second gets, gets mm. broken. I was just like. Shit, and I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't overdo that. I'm glad they only did it once each because, like, that's yeah. A, a lot of the times they tend to get carried away with false finishes or the, or the breakups or the right. But, yeah, right. This one just peppered him in. And now with all of these false finishes and all that, and to keep that um, that that excitement going, 
they're more and more they're breaking up the pin at the very last second Mm -hmm. okay someone is going to fuck up someday you know and uh, it's going to be on on national tv someone's not going to get there in time and for some reason that ref's not going to make the the three count it's going to be the 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 mysterious no count yeah they're gonna already stop yeah or he's he's gonna make it and then they 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 have to change the format on the fly or something and all that it's just it's it's gonna happen because there is too too many of these false false finishes and you know uh, something's gonna go wrong Mm -hmm. i know the reason not this yeah, the referees in WWE are told to count or count each count as if it would be the three. Right, so, right, and yeah. then the the onus is on the participant to get there in time, which that that's the smart thing to do because mm-hmm. you know you're not exposing the business that way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it's but uh, the the timing of the false finishes uh, was just impeccable. But, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ex, extra horns for Jim Ross for name dropping Tony Candelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you guys know who Tony Candelo is? I don't, but uh, yeah, I know you messaged the group about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's actually the one of the local promoters here that that discovered Don Callis, that discovered oh, well, every, every, everyone that came out of this territory. Okay. He he was um he was instrumental. It was is Tony Candelo's um Northern Death Trips Death Tour mm-hmm. and all okay. that. That that's him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got quite excited when when they name dropped him. Oh, all right. Well, uh, so there's a lot of Winnipeg just all over. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Da, 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 da. All right, now here we are at the main event, the second ever. Stadium oh, but Champions before oh. tell Snowy what a rumor. Oh, was. oh yes, yes. What oh, was yeah, what sorry. was the big rumor? The big rumor. The big rumor is that after Omega would would have won, which he did, was that Brian Danielson was going to make his AEW debut. Ah. Now, had had this have been the headlining match of the night, I would have been more likely to believe that would have happened to close out the show. But right. second to last, that kind of mm-hmm. yeah, kind of seems less less likely. Right, so right, because you want to go out on the 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 stare down, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how you want to go out for sure. Yep. The cleaner versus the American Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's still a match I want to see, and I have no doubt that it could still happen. I don't, I don't really, I don't think anybody actually knows what Danielson's uh, contract situation is with WWE at the moment. But right. whether he actually is a free agent or if it's just if he's just taking a little time off, but I guess we'll time will tell. As as, as I say a lot. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where Mr. Danielson ends up. Whether he's back, back with the Fed, or or goes to New Japan or Ring of Honor. But I would have, I would have liked to have seen him show up at the end of this, at the end of this. Were were this the actual headlining match? But right. Well, yep. Can't win next them all. Time. 
Next time. Yeah. Next. Oh yeah, and also Mark Henry uh, got announced as a signee for for AEW. He's, he's going to be a commentator on uh, AEW Renegade. Oh, another show. Mm-hmm. Well, this one's actually going to be on cable. It's not going to be like dark or dark. Oh, out. okay. That are the YouTube shows. This is going to be on TNT, and then next year both Dynamite and Renegade are going to. I think I think it's called Renegade. Or. I don't remember. Oh, shit. It's escaping me at the moment. I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway. Well, we'll go with that. We'll go with yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this, this new one-hour uh, television show that's debuting on TNT, and then both shows are moving to TBS next year. So, All right. Which is, which is good for AEW, because TBS is actually in a million more homes than TNT. So uh, there's right. that. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, some more eyes on the product. Anyway. Now, event of our evening, the second ever stadium stampede match pitting the inner circle against the pinnacle. If the inner circle loses, they must split up forever. But you know, forever in wrestling is like, yeah, (laughs) see you next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Anyway, uh. Like I said, the inner circle faced uh, the possibility of their run as a faction being over uh, by the night's end as they entered uh, T, uh, TIA Bankfield for their stadium stampede match against the Pinnacle. The, uh, the early portion of the match focused on Jericho and MJF, the leaders of their respective factions, as they uh, brawled around the stadium. At one point, they crashed a, a meeting featuring Jacksonville Jaguars head coach uh, Urban Meyer and fought into the team meeting room. Jake Hager and Wardlow uh, brought a little bit of the Haas fight, uh, culminating uh, in a visit to the freezer, which, again, was going to cause some PETA guys to be very upset with the, oh. the hanging pig corpses. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm surprised neither guy like tried to like lift one or punch one or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or used one on the other. Yeah. Like, Wardlow would deliver, like, then F5 or something to the pig into Jake Hager. But yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> but yeah, like we, like I said though, that would have sparked a little bit of outrage from the uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals. But yeah. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, Sammy Guevara fought uh, the chairman Sean Spears using a forklift and a and a jungle gym as he dominated the fight with Spears, the artist formerly known as the Perfect Ten. Uh, caught him and sent him face first into a garage door like a lawn dart, uh, but forgot the bolt cutters were left in the room. Yeah, the bolt cutters that uh, that uh, he he uh, happily threw away in exchange for another chair, mind you. So that ended up undoing. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz confronted FTR uh, cameo by Conan as the DJ. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. We're just like, wait it's a minute, Conan. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, former all three former LAX members all in the same room now. Yeah. So yeah, Conan joined in helping to uh, even the odds with Tully Blanchard by FTR's side. Meanwhile, Hagar uh, chokeslammed Wardlow through a wooden pallet, and Jericho and MGF continued uh, a war that spilled into the Jaguars conference room. And saw the champion staple a piece of paper to his opponent's forehead that said, "What, what did it say? Thank you on it or something?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as yeah, as MGF just was standing there screaming. Uh, 
MJF delivered a pile driver onto the table, which did not give. Jericho recovered and blasted the salt of the earth with uh, Floyd, his trusty baseball bat. Uh, from there, he sent MJF face first through the office door window, busting him open in the process. And uh, in the bowels of the arena, a seemingly uh, celebratory Spears called for Tully only to be encountered with the Inner Circle Motorcycle Club. Uh, Excalibur made this sound like we should have known. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the Inner Circle Motorcycle Club. It's like, oh, of course. Uh, Uh, The the fight eventually made its way back to Daly's place where uh, Jericho and battled MJF through the fans. Uh, The heel attempted to throw Jericho from the upper deck to the crowd below, but Jericho delivered a powerbomb through a nearby table. Spears returned to the arena, uh, too, uh, and found himself on the receiving end of an ass-kicking courtesy of Guevara. Uh, He fought... Uh, out of a death valley. Oh, before that, though, I should mention that the, Sammy kind of gave a callback to the golf cart skits from last year when he was on the heel end of things. Mm-hmm. So he was the, but he said this time he was the driver and he actually like full on ran down Sean Spears with the thing. Sean Spears was on the hood. So yeah, eat your heart out, Kevin Owens. <laughs> but I guess, uh, actually, no. I guess- I- Oh, now I remember that one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. Kevin Owens went right through the plexiglass. So I think Kevin I think Owens took that. that like a champ. Yes, he certainly did. But uh, anyway, uh, Spears returned to the arena, found himself on the receiving end of an ass-kicking courtesy of Guevara. Uh, he fought out of a Death Valley driver only to fly through the air to an awaiting steel chair, steel chair by Spears. The Spanish god withstood considerable punishment with the chair, uh, delivered a stomp that sent Spears face first into the steel chair and uh, picked up the win with the 630 senton splash. So the winners, yeah, the winners of the match were the inner circle by pinfall in the ring. In the ring, yes, yes. This is is how you do a cinematic match. But it was a cinematic match. uh, Well, the stuff... In you know, as Matt said, in the bowels of the arena. Okay, those were obviously pre-taped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When they brought it out into the arena, okay, this is where AEW's continuity man, which I know he probably they probably don't have one. I'm just using movie terminology. Okay. Mm -hmm. Their continuity man deserves a raise. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> because that was absolutely fantastic. The way they shifted from cinematic to live, everyone mm-hmm. still had their same clothes on. They looked the same and all that. It just it worked so well. Yeah, they this, looked like this. Yeah, and it, it looked like it was all one big match, shot all all in one, like the WWF. Take note, guys. This is how you do this. If you're going to have a have, match... Don't, don't have Randy Orton shave after it before doing part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, no, you know, we don't need to go into the swamp. We don't need to have someone bleeding. We don't need fucking zombies. We don't, we don't need <laughs> shit like that. Like, this is how you do it. And the, when they went back into the ring... It was like, okay, this is absolutely fantastic. This is the most realistic cinematic match I ever saw because it was only half that. 
Yeah, like I am happy that they that they eventually did fight back to Daly's place and end the match in front of the actual live crowd. Yeah, had they have ended the night uh, with a pre-taped match being shown on the screen where the where the win would have happened in the stadium, that would not have had that feel-good moment that the ending of the pay-per-view mm-hmm. actually had. So, yeah, and another thing I want to know is that if I remember correctly, didn't uh, one of the members of FTR end up in an elevator with Santana and Ortiz? Yep. And but Santana and Ortiz came back. What the fuck happened to <laughs> what the fuck happened to Cash Wheeler? <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll find we'll find out. I guess yeah. in a couple days. No, next Friday. We're Friday. Yeah, yeah. Friday. yeah. He's I just still it. in that elevator going up and down, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I also remember when the elevator opened and like one of the commentators I, I think it was Excalibur said like oh I'm glad there was an actual elevator there and not just an empty shaft I'm just like well the elevator wouldn't have opened if it was just an empty <laughs> yeah <laughs> like come on <laughs> but uh, anyway yeah after after Guevara scored the pinfall Jericho, Hagar, Santana, Ortiz all limped to the ring to join Guevara in a post-match celebration the inner circle status as the most dominant faction in, in AEW remaining intact. And then Pyro exploded around the ring. The group engaged in its trademark middle finger pose and the fans railing down on the competitors with the lyrics of uh, Fozzie's uh, Judas. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And, you also, do. and also, uh, AEW posted a video earlier today of Jericho thanking the crowd for being for being there and coming back and being the best fans ever, and he even like even put out your line that you like to say at the end of this. Uh, that's a uh, oh right, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. In, so the in, the meantime, in, between, in between time, right, right, and we so both get it from. Sorry, we both get it from the same spot. That was a tribute to Ed Whalen. Ed Whalen, yeah. As soon as you said that, though, I was just like, oh, I got to show this to Snowy. Oh yeah, sure. Thank you. Mark out for that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't. That okay. Was double or nothing. Twenty twenty one. That was double or nothing. Before yeah. we move along, um, this uh, we had our competition going as yep. well. We had we had our picks, and it was pretty interesting because I noticed. Like when we when we all put in our picks, it's like we're all taking the same matches except for a couple of them. So yeah, the WNIC title is going to be determined by just a couple of these matches. It seems. Yeah, I really like kind of depending on the match order is really kind of determines uh, who like who 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 we know is going to be champion at what point. Right. So like. Pretty early on in the night, where it was determined that you are now the new WNIC once again. Uh, <laughs> once again, was this your fourth reign? Uh, yeah, I think so. Some, something like that. And I think it, it, what's what solidified it was the Cody Ogogo, because yeah, you guys had taken Ogogo, and I and I took Cody, and I think that was because. Um, we, you guys both took 
Christian in the Battle Royal, and I took Brian Pillman. Yeah. And none of us had won that. Yeah, so, so that didn't up at all. And then... Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Dustin took... Uh, Dustin took Eddie and uh, Moxley in the tag team title match. So right. That's where, that's where he fell behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was it was the Cody Agogo really that okay that put you ahead and right. every, every match after that we picked the same people. <laughs> so yeah, it's like well process of elimination. Yep. That's that's it. That's it. But I don't even think we need to do this. But just for our own continuity's sake. Um, horns up, horns down, horns in the middle. What do you guys say? Oh, um, horns way, way up. <laughs> oh, sorry. And you're the only dead WNIC champion to never actually hold the belt. That's, yeah, a, no, that's no. another thing. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. Because of because the creation of the belt happened during the middle of the pandemic and all that. Uh, I have actually yet yet to. Hold it in my hands, and so just, just just as soon as just as soon as I I can. So I guess it's anonymous. All three of us horns way up for double or nothing. Fantastic! Yep. I loved every second of it. The unanimous, well, well worth well worth the price too. You made up for revolution, in your opinion? Oh, big time! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool, man. Oof. Before we move on to tonight's turn, turn turnbuckle talk, there's some other there's some other pro wrestling house cleaning we should probably get to with some of the WWE releases. <laughs> oh wait, before we mention that, we should mention that AEW released a commentator. Oh yeah, fun of Hiroshi's accent. Yeah. Oh, right. The Spanish yeah. house guy. Yeah. I, I didn't catch his name at this point. I really don't care. It's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, while, while they were off air on Dynamite, on, uh, it was on the Fight TV app. They kept up. Their audio feed didn't cut. So they they didn't know they were being uh, recorded still, but that's no excuse for behavior. Not at all. Yeah. They were, yeah. The two Spanish commentators were mocking uh, Hikarushita's accent. Wow. Which, uh, like, okay, she's Japanese. She's she's supposed to have a Japanese accent. She's not supposed to speak perfect English, and yep. she doesn't. And it works because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like these guys should just get their heads out of their asses. Yeah. Uh, that 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 was an actual like justifiable firing. Oh, for sure. But what about w- on the other channel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> WWE are continuing their downsizing despite the fact that they keep reporting record profits. Like, not not so much like there were two on screen talents that were let go. There was longtime commentator Tom Phillips, who was on, he was the lead commentator for all three brands at, uh, or he, you know, he's been on all, all the shows. He's been on, aside from NXT UK, he's been on Ross, SmackDown, 205 Live, and NXT. He was a uh, lead commentator for all those shows at one point or another. But yeah, he was go after uh, being six weeks removed uh, from the uh, raw commentary team. He was just let go. And I don't know why, because I think like he wasn't the best commentator in the world. He certainly wasn't the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, 
don't understand that. And then uh, uh, the guy who replaced him on Raw, Adnan Verk, the uh, Major League Baseball announcer, he was released after only being on six episodes of Raw. <laughs> so, obviously, things didn't work out there now, did they? I guess not, no. Yeah. So, But he's he still has another job. He still works for MLB and uh, ESPN, I think. So he's he's it's not like he's hard up for anything. He's he still he still has employment, but it was in the Titan Towers offices where they had a bunch of different uh, divisions. Like they would have like two gra- or two uh, departments. They would have uh, like two different graphic arts departments that they merged into one, and they let go of half the staff. Uh, same with the music departments; they merged those into one and let go of half the staff. I think they said about forty people got uh, let go from their positions. Wow. Yeah, but when you think about it. The, the, they had they got these billion dollar deals for TV with the USA Network and Fox. They have half a billion dollars in cash reserves set aside for emergencies like yeah, you know, a pandemic. Uh-huh. And they made a million dollars off the Batista movie promo thing. Yeah, the zombie thing. They made a million bucks off that. Oh they, shit! Yeah, and so you tell me. You tell me why this, these these firings are justified because I don't believe they are, especially especially when things are the way they are. Them. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that they are. No, because all all this is going to do is it's like okay, well, we these two are redundancies, and you know we can we 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 can merge these two, and if you let half the staff go, you're only going to put more work on the staff that stayed. Now they have they're they're going to have to do twice the work for the same amount of pay and it, that's mm-hmm. not the way to run a railroad. No. <laughs> ah, so yeah. There's there's going to be there is some unhappy campers in Titan Tower right now. Yeah. Well, I mean technically they're not there anymore but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the people uh, there that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the people there like worried that they're gonna get. Yeah, that they're gonna be let go. It's just that should never. Uh, like, I understand downsizing if profits were down, but they're not. Like, yeah, and that, oh, yeah, and and the billion dollar deal they just signed with Peacock, like that too. <laughs> so, like, no shortage of money there. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. But like, I don't know. Is it Vince McMahon making all these decisions, or they're just like random board members that are all just like cutting here and there to try and save a penny or two that they don't really need to save? Like, well, at the end of the day, everything goes through Vince. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's why there are zombies. That's you. You <laughs> name it. Like at the end of the day, he could. He can ixnay anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah. Well, nevertheless, I don't agree. My, I morally object to firing people when the company is doing so well financially. Right. Right. Yeah. You might think that Vince is the one picking the music, the ring entrance. <laughs> this this day this day and age and we'll make our little transition over to tonight's turnbuckle talk and we're going to be discussing all of this wicked music or maybe not so much wicked music anymore 
as the wrestlers make their triumphant run down to the ring, ready to jump into mm-hmm. battle. And all yep. Where are you guys right now with the with with all of this ring entrance music? Where are you guys with this? Uh well, currently, like the the ring entrance music that they give to guys in WWE is nothing short of bland, uninspired, generic. If you will, it, it just seems like a lot of these themes are just thrown together mm-hmm. and like not, not a lot of them really have the staying power that the uh, themes of old that Jim Johnson would pen uh, mm-hmm. back they had like or you or even some guys back in like WCW. Like, like definitely there just seems to be like an like a very uh, they're, they're, like they're phoning it in just for the sake of like they're just like, yeah, that sounds fine. Give it to him. Yeah. He needs music. Go give him something. Okay, give her. Yeah, like the only theme I can think of nowadays that's come out in the past like five, six years that really like, suits the character to a to a to a T would be Bobby Roode's glorious music. Yeah, that's an example of something positive, good, and with with that because like it's very queenish. Mm-hmm. And Queen is still red hot. There is more Queen, okay, on the radio now than there was back in the heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like and with the with with the movie and like the like, it's just everything. Everything is Queen, Queen, Queen. That was a conscious decision to make. Rude's theme like that, and it worked. It was it's you're, you're you're right, but not much really does kind of stand out for me either. No, like even in NXT or mm-hmm. like th- throughout the entire company, it just seems so bland and put together. But we figured we would take this opportunity to discuss some of our favorite themes throughout the decades and. And explain why why we like them so much why what makes them so iconic or so recognizable right, right. So, well this is this is going to be kind of a, the area where i'm going to turn the reins over to you guys for the most part and i'll i'll play color man and all that okay. but like like i said this is going to be kind of your territory so i'm kind of really interested to hear what you guys are going to come up with what's going on yeah well ducky you take this one since this was uh, your your idea yeah, well, I've just been, like, on Spotify, WWE added, I guess Spotify added a bunch of old WWE themes mm-hmm. recently, oh. and I've been going back and listening to a few of them, and I'm like, this would be a good idea for a turnbuckle talk. Just discuss our favorite theme songs from, like, like back in the day, or, like, <laughs> <laughs> the attitude ah, there, or ah, now. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's what ducky what's kind of one one of the you know from back in the day what's one of what's what a theme that kind of jumps out at you the most uh the one that always gets stuck in my head is undertaker's ministry of darkness theme mm-hmm. mm. his more metal theme yeah yeah all right. Yeah, that's 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 the thing about sorry, that's the thing about Undertaker's music. It fit it fit the character. Mm-hmm. 
and he's had so many different ones throughout the years. Mm-hmm. But like the one that he ended up with before he retired ended up being the one he debuted with. But uh, between those, yeah, he had his Ministry of Darkness theme, which had the more the distorted metal guitars, and it had uh, clips of him sing or him speaking in tongues and as the lightning striking and all that. Yeah, it, it was very good for especially for the late. 90s when during the attitude era it really fit the product and the character very well oh, yeah yeah and that's that's kind of missing today today none of these none, none of these really seem to fit mm-hmm. really. the only theme song from today that really that i retain and actually fits okay is um dk's theme and impact oh because, yeah. yeah because they're they're the creepy corpse painted outfit and you know they have that very dark new metalish but kind of gothic sound to mm-hmm. their to their theme and it works it works just just as well as all those themes to work with with the undertaker yeah like uh, i like how decay's uh, starts off with that really like distorted scream while mm-hmm. the scream on them with the, <laughs> it all get all distorted with the handprint on them too yeah, yeah that oh. great atmosphere Definitely. It does. It does. And it gets me excited because Rosemary, good Winnipeg girl, mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite things just in wrestling in general still. Yep. For yeah. sure. It works. It works. What about you, dude? What do you got? Well, I think one of the most obvious picks would be uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. Like, oh, Glass Shatters by Disturbed. Yeah. Well, not, not even the Disturbed version. Like, even like before that, like, Predating the, the disturbed version, uh, it was uh, just when you would hear like the, the glass shatter that just created that level of anticipation and adrenaline. Even before one note of music was even played, you just hear that recognizable glass shatter, and then everybody just erupts. And then followed by, of course, the iconic riffs: the da 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 da. Like. How many episodes of Raw I have watched back in the day with uh, Stone Cold just like pouring beers on people, going up to each turnbuckle while that theme song played in the background oh, with Jay commentary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I don't understand, and it's the same thing with movies these days, like why aren't some of the, okay, back back in the day, in the, in the Attitude Era especially, especially... Austin's theme, the Rock's theme, you know, like where he starts out, you know, with your smell, with the Rock, and everyone goes crazy and all that. Mm-hmm. Why were these never released commercially? Okay, like yeah, there was the the compilation albums and all that, but there was one time years ago, like movie themes, TV show themes were released as singles. The the I believe I mentioned this before. Now, it might have, might, have, might have been on Radioactive Metal where I mentioned the theme to Miami Vice. Oh, yeah, that got its own. That, that, that was a huge hit. Yeah. You know, in the music world and all that, some of these theme songs, like Glass Shatters, would have been a huge commercial hit, you know, away from the wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to wonder, like, why not? Yeah. 
like definitely the popularity with wrestling would have been there uh mm-hmm. would have been there to make them sell back then but maybe it was just because like nobody wanted to buy cd singles and like vinyl was kind of just like still a bit more of an underground thing at the time because cds were so popular still right maybe that's, yeah yeah could have been i just uh, this is stuff you could have heard on rock radio no oh, yeah that's you true know, at, at at the very least just like why was the theme to jaws never like a, a huge hit single like every, every everyone knows that song you know what i mean yeah that's true but, okay, <laughs> fair, fair enough fair enough yeah what's another yeah. one that you guys I Oops. was thinking a theme that Triple H only used for a short time, but his My Time theme. Yeah, that one was pretty good, but I don't think it ever really hit as hard as the game or... No, he probably would have had that one longer, but then he tore his quad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, like, when he debuted the game, that was really, like, when he had, in my opinion, his iconic music. His My Time theme was all right. I don't really associate that one that much with triple h as much as even as much as i do the dx theme but mm-hmm. yeah that or, was that was, another sorry. favorite of mine is eight another favorite of mine is aj styles dna theme his his get ready to fly one. Oh, that i am i am you yeah are. yeah <laughs> yeah no, that was a pretty good one too i'm trying to place that one and i i heard it all the time yeah get ready to fly I am. I am. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay. Some, to 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 hear it again. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube very easily. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, that one was definitely had more high energy than his current WWE one, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it sounds like a church hymn. Yeah. I, I guess that's what they were going with because he's kind of a Jesus guy. Yeah, he's a he's a Southern Georgia boy, so yeah. Yeah, which okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's just I don't get pumped up to AJ Styles' opening music. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no. it was no, cool they no. beat with the Royal Rumble because like those organs were kind of creating that anticipation. Like, who the fuck is this? And then when he comes out, it's like, oh shit, it's AJ Styles. But then like every other time after that, now it's like, okay, yeah. that's it. We know it's AJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You mentioned DX's theme. Yes, that one that had the, the building anticipation when they would yeah. come out. Yeah, just just the voice going, "Are you ready?" Yeah, like, that was the- like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, and it worked. It worked so well, and I don't know who all these morons that actually thought that was Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> like how many times did you hear someone say that yeah don't rage against the machine do that wrestling song yeah. you know, people here <laughs> are look now the same people who are just discovering rage as a political band oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another thing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what what oh these commie bastards <laughs> did you not read the lyrics like what the fuck man you, you didn't know that these guys were marxists like come on yeah <laughs> like fuck. There. what what are, you, what are you gonna tell me next that 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 punk is political are you just discovering that now too right uh, like Wrestle, people, <laughs> wrestling's a work what <laughs> john schaefer is a conservative <laughs> <laughs> Cody oh. Rhodes. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. But th- that 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 works so well. Deactivate theme. No, I agree with you. But the thing about that theme is that it kind of had like two peaks. Like when you when they did the "Are you ready?" the crowd would start to cheer, and then they would kind of coast a bit throughout the rest of the intro. And then as soon as the "Break it down," and then the crowd would erupt. <laughs> Oh, for sure, for sure. That's probably the one that I think of the most. Like when someone says wrestling theme, mm-hmm. are, are you ready? And just because I'm an old timer, Hulk Hogan's real American. It's like, oh, talk about pandering. Mm-hmm. to that American patriotism that just gets pounded into Americans just at a very young age. Fight for okay. every man. Oh, yeah. Oh, fight to make money for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now oh. I hear the lyrics like that, and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then you... There was, there was that theme, and then there was this old WCW theme. Uh, which was just basically a ripoff of it called American Made, which he was using in the '90s before before NWO, and then he was using Voodoo Child for a little bit. And right. yeah, he had, yeah, he had one called American Made that was on an album that he put out himself. That yeah, I don't know if you've heard the Hulk Hogan album that he did with his wife and the Hulk no. Hogan. Band. I don't oh, even no, I don't I even remember that. Oh to. my god, it is the cheesiest thing ever. Like the like the opening song, like I, I've only, I only know about it from re- reviews. I've never actually heard the thing. I've just heard clips of some songs, but like, like the the opening song is like this group of guys just saying the Hulkster's in the house. Oh, fuck. Check him out. Check him out. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost me already. <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah. And his wife at the time did some vocals on the album, and then there was even a cheesy ballad with Hulk Hogan singing about this uh, make-a-wish kid in uh, England that never got to see him that di- that passed away. So it's like, you can't really make fun of it like for its uh, message, but it's just the way it's executed and hearing Hulk Hogan try to sing. Yeah, like, uh, or, or so like, like, like he cares, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hulk Hogan, according to Hulk Hogan, of course, you know, Metallica asked him to replace Cliff Burton. You know? Oh really? Oh, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what Hogan said. Oh, <laughs> okay, like when they needed a bassist, apparently Lars Ulrich called up Hulk, according to Hulk, and asked him to be their bassist. Yeah, I'm so sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Okay, Terry, tell us another. Here's the real question: Can Hulk play drums better than Lars? Uh, probably not. Uh, probably not, and this is going to take us down on a whole can of worms, so I'm not going to touch on it too much. Yeah, but I, I think he gets bad rap. Lars Ulrich gets a bad rap. He's a he's he's a great drummer. I don't. Have see, you seen Metallica live recently? Well, okay, okay, no, no, but I guess uh, okay, Lars fucked maybe. up. Sad but true here. Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, you <laughs> your name is Lars Ulrich. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess maybe I, when I when I think Metallica, I st- I still those first four albums in the eighties. I guess I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of there. 
Yeah, I well, think people the said. only ones he didn't screw up were Creeping Death Master and Battery. Because mm. wow. James was like, okay. okay, these are like the main three. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's also like people always would shit on Lars Ulrich saying, oh, he was never a good drummer. If you listen to any of the other drummers from the thrash bands, they were all way better. It's like, yeah, but Lars could still hold it down back in the day. Oh, for sure. Like, for I sure. still. Like, there's nothing shitty about Master of Puppets. <laughs> yeah. No one, okay, I was there. No one back then was saying what a shitty drummer Lars Ulrich was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm coming down off my snowbox. That was that was, that was only an <laughs> early 2000s thing when that actually started happening. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Another song that is always stuck in my head sometimes too is Jeff Jarrett's My World DNA theme. Oh yeah, that's the one that it started off with the like. Neener, neener, yeah. Neener, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Well, okay. Once, once again, you, that was a theme song. Like you knew Jared was coming out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was kind of a off-brand for him, considering that his other themes before that were all like country music. Even like like in his WWF themes and his. uh the, the Chosen One theme from WCW. Right. Country inspired. And then he comes out to this like new metal-ish song. It's like very not Jeff Jarrett, but at the same time, it's like you knew it was Jeff Jarrett for sure. Mm. Like you said. But, you know what? I don't know why we didn't segue from Metallica, from Lars Ulrich into Sting's version of Seek and Destroy. Oh, yeah. Oh. For, <laughs> yeah. For, the live version. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like that. I have to admit, like that, that, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. And, it got the crowd hyped up, and it it fit. It fit because that was um, crowsting. Yes. Yeah. And he oh, another was... thing we forgot to mention about Sting: he was wearing his WCW gear. Oh yeah, on yeah on Double or Nothing because we didn't even get that in TNA. No. <laughs> like that's the first time he's worn that gear since like probably nineteen or two thousand one. Yeah. <laughs> Still fits. Great. There, yeah. Hey, <laughs> credit. I wish. I wish I had some clothing from twenty years ago that still fit. Well, twenty years ago I was fifteen, so I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody well, else. Twenty years ago. Another- I yeah. Uh, well, and uh, speaking of the NW, or sorry, speaking of DX and Hulk Hogan, we could talk about the NWO's theme song. That was always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you would just hear that deep voice before it would kick in the N-W-O and then followed yeah. by the, the Jimi Hendrix inspired Wawa pedal riffage the oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like be, 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 between that and Hogan's theme N-W-O theme it's like I wonder who the Hendrix fan is <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like I had just, have, like, uh, the voiceovers while they were coming out saying like new 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 world order or mm-hmm. or when 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 Hogan would be the one to come out the voiceover would say the biggest icon in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know whose idea that was? Mm-hmm. You, you know what we need here, brother? <laughs> we need some guy to say the biggest icon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we need Mr. Voiceover guy over here, brother, to <laughs> tell it like it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Someone give me another one. Oh, you, you've got to have at least one, Snowy. Like, oh, um, I got to mention it. Eddie Guerrero's. Mm-hmm. Like his, uh, his WWE theme? Yeah. Live Cheats Studio. Yeah. yeah. The Mama Seat. <laughs> he, he had a couple different incarnations of that thing. Oh. I think so. Yeah, he had the one that started off with him saying Mamacita, and then there was a. Uh, there was the. When he turned face, it got a little more upbeat. Exciting. Right. No, no. We have yeah. Robot Matt. We got Robot <laughs> Matt again. Oh, well. Sorry. Right. Nothing I can do about that. No, okay. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, you, you're right, Matt. Okay. Um, Kurt Angle. Okay. Like okay. when, when like like his uh, like with the uh, with 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 the horns and the trumpets and all that, like it was very like his his WWF theme. It it was very Olympic, <laughs> for sure. I would say, and it transitioned so well when the fans turn on returned heel. I don't remember exactly which one, and they went into the you suck. Yeah. You suck. You suck. It just it it fit. It fit and it happened organically. Okay, because yeah. the, the the theme is fantastic for his character and for the audience to pick up on that and it wasn't something and it's something that they created like I said, it, it happened organically. It worked so well. You know. His moving over to TNA Okay, I swear, I swear that theme song was a cover song of Red Rider's Lunatic Fringe. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with Red Rider? Yes, I know that song. Okay, like now go back, go go with with that in mind, go find Kurt Angle's TNA theme song and Lunatic Fringe and it's like holy shit, this is Someone call a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And you no, said no. lunatic fringe, and now I have unscripted violence stuck in my head. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> well, before Wild Thing. Oh, yeah. Which right, was right. Which I like that. Okay, because I was I was a little I'm like, okay, is this okay, it's Wild Thing. Yeah. Okay, but it's it's oh, not the drugs. <laughs> but it, it just made me like is this from Major League? And it, which I have that movie memorized, and so does Mrs. Snowy. And we're listening to Wild Thing, you know, on AW together. And we're like, I think it is. I think this is, you know, a sound bite from the Major League movie, like when when uh, Charlie Sheen's character came out to the mound from. The- okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Have you guys seen Major League, the baseball movie? Long time ago, but yes. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. See it again. Okay. And, and wait for the big for the big climax. When you hear that version of Wild Thing, you're gonna go, oh. <laughs> and I think Joan Jett also did a cover of Wild Thing as well. And I thought for a split second that that was hers. Yeah, I think that was the one he's using now. The one. On Dynamite, he used the original version the first time he came out to it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think he's using the Joan Jet one now. But okay. I still don't Which, as much as his old AEW theme, I gotta say. 
See, I can't even place that anymore in my head. All right. Because like 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 you said, like none of this music is is sticking with me. Speaking of Joan Jett, um Ronda Rousey's bad reputation. Or I should reverse that. Or Joan Jett's bad reputation. Yeah, yeah. yeah like th- that that works perfect because um like who Rousey was and where she where where she where she came from and bad reputation and Joe Joan Jett herself is you know the badass bitch you know yeah, and then she got booed a lot quit uh, yeah or or she got knocked up or whatever now I think I think she's pregnant they announced yeah now yeah but uh, like even when they announced her pregnancy she had been gone from the company for longer than she was there yeah yeah it's actually. I think she's kind of a one trick pony. I don't think she's ever coming back outside of maybe being um inducted in the celebrity wing of the no, no, she was a she was a champion at Headline WrestleMania. She would get inducted into the Hall of Fame for sure. Like not not the celebrity wing, but the actual Hall of Fame. Trigger? Well, well, either either way, yeah. She's 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 gonna end up and end up in it. She's set for life either way. She's <laughs> yeah. Sure she's yeah, she's not hurting for nothing. No. <laughs> no, no. Me coming from the old school and all that, I remember those days, and they, they couldn't do it anymore, okay, because with Nash, with with programs on, on, on the Peacock and on TNT and TBS, all these national programs, all these national channels and all that, back when I was your age, well, even before when you got before that they used at real pop songs songs from artists and all that and they just never paid for them you know right they, they would get the the odd time you know the t- during the territory days they would get the cease and desist and all that but they would just go oh, okay never mind we'll we'll just move on to something else and of course the one that really worked, and I remember talking about this before on the show, was um, the use of, road, of Black Sabbath's Iron Man for the Road Warriors. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, and um, the fabulous one's use of Sharp Dressed Man by, Z- yep. by, by ZZ Top. Like, that's perfect. Like, yep. I don't know why... Okay, if you want to make... A theme song that really sticks. Okay, take take a classic song like "Sharp Dress Man." Okay, and use it for someone that would fit, but make it a cover song, a good one. You know, yeah. like like um, they did for uh, what's her name? Oh, oh, Stacy. Oh, Keebler. Yeah, the Keebler, when they gave her when when Kid Rock did a cover of ZZ Top's Legs, yep, perfect, perfect. What they should do shit like that more often, and these theme songs wouldn't be so generic, and they would stick. They would stick in the old gray matter here. Yeah, well, they kind of are doing that with uh, or AEW is doing that now because they got the rights to uh, Tarzan Man. Oh, for yeah, Baltimore's Tarzan Boy. Yeah, Tarzan Boy, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, that song must be costing a fortune. Yeah, I can only imagine. And, uh, 
Uh, aside from Wild Thing, they also got uh, uh, Orange Cassidy using Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Oh, okay. Hi. So that's oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah. That's the team he's using. So ah. that's that's why it cost in Tony Khan a pretty penny too. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. It is. And of course, if you're gonna talk AEW themes, and it works now, but Fozzie's Judas for the Inner Circle oh. for for, yep. for Chris Jericho. Yep. You it's know, uh, that, that's not costing them anything. No, but it, like for considering that you've associated Jericho with uh, Break Down the Walls for so long, and that oh, that is yeah iconic theme, mm-hmm. like what was the countdown sound. And then they're followed by the pyro. And then, uh, yeah, just like you know, leading into the break the walls down. <laughs> and just seeing him standing there with his back turned to the crowd. And uh, that became like Chris Jericho entrance. But now, like you, now I associate Judas and the crowd singing the chorus more. more. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, with, like, with break. Break the walls down. Like Jericho had be being an old school metalhead as well. He had to have some input on that theme song. Oh, for sure. Because I like back back in back in the day in the eighties, there were so many tear down the walls, tear down tear down the wall, break down the walls. Like these are actual songs. Mm-hmm. Every, every other hard rock and metal band was kicking down the wall or tearing it down or yeah you know <laughs> and of course the the berlin wall came down in the 80s too and all that. Mm-hmm. so yeah yeah you knew jericho probably had some something to do with that yeah well that is like favorite one of his favorite bands was halloween in the album uh walls of jericho walls of jericho <laughs> which exactly where that came from yep his his uh his finishing maneuver and there's 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 a hardcore band as well which i think they're making their comeback called walls walls of jericho they were killer oh nice they were fantastic yeah yeah there's your homework guys if you guys haven't heard the hardcore band walls of jericho go go and check that out fantastic stuff all right spotify there you, go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you kids in your Spotify and your streaming and all that. Although I can't give Ducky shit for that because he buys more. Does Walls you, of Jericho have a female vocalist? It does. Kristen yeah. found it. Yeah. <laughs> there great, you go. great stuff. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. Everything yeah. at our fingertips. It is. It is. But but Ducky buys more vinyl now than my friends did back in the eighties. Okay. So, so I, I can't rib them for uh, going to Spotify. Yeah, Spotify is more for a convenience sake of like when you're, when you're on the road or on the, on the go. Right. Spotify right. is when I don't want to kill people on the bus. Yeah. That too. <laughs> Vinyls for when you're home in your comfort zone and you want to just chill back, chill back and put on a record. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you put play. on, CD of that record if you don't want to stand up every 15 minutes to, to flip it. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. Uh, well, during during the seven inch single days, it was one song. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, and then if you wanted to yeah. listen to side, side B, you have to get I have that Ed Kennedy's 
single box set. Yep, that's not what it's like. <laughs> Been down for a minute and a half. Oh, fuck, stand up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that that was the magic. That was the magic of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have uh, any others that kind of jump out? I remember you touched on the Rockstein song earlier, and yeah, that that definitely is a song that uh, it, it evolved over time. But yeah, right. it's definitely had the same approach, like with him at the beginning, just yelling out, "If you smell." Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Edge. Oh, oh like oh yeah, yeah, yeah what, definitely. What did hearing the voice Al- say? hearing Alter Bridge do that live was awesome. That's cool. He had a couple. Yeah, he yeah. had that You Think You Know Me song for a yeah, while. That was it. That was it. Uh, he had that Rob Zombie one, me. which was really good. Oh, yeah. Never Gonna Stop by Rob Zombie. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that's just just a, just Rob Zombie and his material back then. At that yeah. point, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard the new record yet. Or Don't. newish. Don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last three have sucked. Don't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's terrible live now, so don't. <laughs> oh, I, I, saw Rob I saw Rob Zombie twice, and he was entertaining both times, I thought. <laughs> Rob, 2017, never again. Oh, okay. I saw, uh, him in 20, I saw him in 2011 and 2012, I think. When he was here with Slayer, right? Yeah, when he was here with Slayer and when he was here with Alice Cooper not long before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when I saw them, yeah. Um, well, speaking of Rob, Rob Zombie and not minding any of his stuff, don't don't bother with Three from Hell either as as a horror film fanatic. No. Well, yeah, just just go back, right. just go back and watch uh, Devil's, Devil's Rejects Rejects. again. Yeah, yeah, I heard some bad things about Three from Hell. Well, it, yeah, uh, it's just, it's didn't just, live up to the hype. No, and it was just more of the same. You know? Yeah, well. I- that being said, like I loved House of a Thousand Corpses just for its like over over campiness. Yeah, of, like, yeah, it was then, an, it was an update of the Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, but then then uh, Devil's Rejects, the tone completely shifted away oh, from yeah. that. Yeah, was, and it became like this psychological thriller almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, <laughs> but, but still entertaining. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and okay, yeah. Well, we're talking about we're talking about the rock, and just all yeah. all throughout that song, he would just drop the the rock says, the yeah. rock says, you know, know your damn role and all that, and it, it worked. It worked because it 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 kept. It was okay. His his promos were amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. and he didn't look like a stereotypical pro wrestler. No, not at all. So that's yeah, like, one of the reasons why The Rock got over so well. Yeah. And it was his catchphrases and his theme songs. Having the catchphrases, you know, it becomes the earworm. You remember the mm-hmm. catchphrases that much more through the music. Well, yeah. And like, not only that, it's like the, the, like everything about the rock, like the like you said, like the look, the music, the way the clothes he wore, the the way he would move when he was doing a promo, like the, right. his movements, the way he would enunciate certain things. Like, who'd have thought? I know I've said this before, but who'd have thought <laughs> that when he debuted as Rocky Maivia that this yeah. kid would turn out to have all the charisma in the entire fucking world? <laughs> and he's he's still the most over wrestler in pro wrestling. 
Oh, and, <laughs> and he's been retired for how long? Uh, a long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like holy jeez, that tells you the state of pro wrestling today. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here, but he became a part timer in two thousand three, I think, or two wow. Yeah. Holy jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Dwayne Johnson looks an awful lot like that Rock guy. Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any more? Not off the top of my head. I think I've covered all my okay. iconic. Um, what about? I guess as an old, like as I'll do an indie promotion. Um, as we all know, it's already been a year today since Danny Havoc passed away, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. year went mm-hmm. by quick. Uh, in CZW, when he first started, he used Duran Duran, Hungry Like a Wolf. Huh. Okay. And I wouldn't, I, if they're going to use Baltimore, someday I could see Tony Khan using that for, for, for someone. Yeah. You know, because that's an even, that's an even more famous song. If you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly throw your thinking cap on. If you guys were pro wrestlers, Okay, what song would you guys want to use, or like, what what type of music? What what do would you? What song would you like to use? What do you think would fit your character? I guess maybe from pre-existing music, obviously. Um, if I had to pick a good wrestling theme that would get people hyped up, I would pick "Blacklist" by Exodus. Oh, I could see that. Yep. Any anything by Exodus. Yeah. For sure. And of course, our non-heavy music fans are going to be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? We're talking yeah. about the greatest thrash metal band ever. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about, yeah. yeah. What, what, what about you, dude? I would be a heel, and I just to be that asshole, I would use cattle decapitations, bring back the play. Oh. <laughs> oh. <sighs> For me, anything by hate breed. Okay, oh, yeah. like that type of metallic hardcore, you know, uh, songs with song titles like I Will Be Heard and Destroy Everything and all that. It's just like yeah. this This is good pump you up music. It's good stuff to listen to when you're in the gym. You know, it's good. It's good stuff for a, you know, a uh, when a hockey team's coming onto the ice, you know, that that worked. Look at look at Megadeth's Crush Em. One of my all-time favorite Megadeth songs, you know, I which think, I, just, uh, I just committed metal blasphemy, but that was fantastic. I think Goldberg used that for, like, one time in WCW <laughs> before uh, he went back. Uh, oh, well. I know, I know they played it, it on Nitro. It wasn't very long, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but it worked so well, and, like, yeah. that's, that's one of, the, like... That's like I said. That's one of my favorite Megadeth songs, and I probably will lose all sorts of metal cred in some fans' eyes for that because that was an era of Megadeth where people were like, "Ah, what the hell is this band thinking?" But I don't know. They came up with a lot of good stuff. I still think Risk is better than Super Collider. <laughs> okay, now you and I are gonna have a problem then because Risk oh. as a whole, oh, <laughs> it's just brutal. <laughs> oh, you don't like Breadline? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Oh. Uh, I mean, I gotta have you guys on radioactive metal maybe next year 
again and and talk 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 about theme songs from a heavy metal perspective i think think that might make a good chat it's almost time to bring this crazy train into the station but before we go jim johnson Mm -hmm. okay like here is a guy like when they let him go i was like what <laughs> okay yeah, like, that was one of the dumbest decisions they ever made uh-huh. yeah, no <laughs> holy jeez i think just like this guy created everything all of these earworms that we're talking about from the attitude era and all that mm-hmm. that that was his work yeah he wrote the rock theme song he wrote stone cold theme song too i think yeah it's like, like wow he didn't he's just does he doesn't get the credit now, I hope he still gets royalties every time Stone Cold as a rock come out, <laughs> like whenever they do. But well, uh, or at least or some some kind of royalties anyway. Like right, because right. um, it would definitely be worth it. It definitely deserves it. Okay, is yeah, this definitely, yeah. is Johnson Hall of WWF for Hall of Fame for whatever it is? You think he's worthy? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it would be absolutely crazy uh, not to. I mean, it it doesn't have to be next year or anything, but like just at, at some point. <laughs> no, I agree with you, for sure. For sure, sure, sure. Okay, well, I guess we're going to kind of go out on that note. Uh, that was fantastic, guys. Great chat, mm-hmm. great chat. I love I love stuff like that. Um, how can people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wrestling Night in Canada or on Instagram at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. Of course, Almost said it. Almost said it. Of course, <laughs> Wrestling Night in Canada is a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, where it's predominantly pro wrestling network. You can hear many great wrestling programs like this one, but there's a variety other a variety of other shows to enjoy, including this program's brother program, Radioactive Metal. If you haven't had enough of your cool Uncle Snowy, you might want to uh, flip the channel on the network and check out Radioactive Metal to get all of your hard rock, metal, punk, hardcore goodness there. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>